I think this stuff's really important because you only get so much time with them when they're younger. And as they get older, you know, I mean, like time flies by like that. It's crazy how quick it goes. And I think that I'm very cognizant about trying to build my business so that it works with my life so that I'm able to actually spend time with my kids. And, you know, because the last thing I want to do is turn around and have them be older and then have no relationship with me. And I feel like a lot of times people feel like they need to sacrifice one for the other. And I, I don't think it has to be that way. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy. But the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make. But you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Welcome back to the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. In today's episode, we're diving into the incredible journey of entrepreneurship, parenting, and life lessons with the one and only Andy Stickle. From building successful businesses to prioritizing family time and instilling values in his children, Andy shares his insights on balancing work and life, creating unforgettable memories, and the importance of being present. Whether it's taking off on Fridays to spend time with his kids or helping them start their own businesses, Andy's approach to father is both inspiring and practical. Join us as we explore how Andy is not just shaping businesses, but also shaping the future through intentional parenting. Let's get started. I have with me today, Andy Stickle. And let me just tell you what, Andy is someone who I have gotten the pleasure of meeting inside of a mastermind that I'm in. And every time I meet with Andy, I'm no joke, I have my mind blown in some way, shape or form, uh, whether it's agency talk, business strategy, but my favorite obviously is in parenting. And Andy is, is such an awesome guy because he has helped his kids start businesses and he has some very, very interesting takes on um, how he handles screens in his home, as well as how he talks to his kids about money and then about his approach to college. And so I'm so excited to dive in with you, Andy. Thank you so much for saying yes to coming onto the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is this is fun. I've never been on a parenting podcast before. It's always business. So it's fun to talk about something other than business. I know it's, it's, it's so fun. And, but then also too, we just get to touch on it a little bit because we're talking about like, how do we balance that? So let's start there, right? I know for you, it's super important to maximize your time freedom so that you can spend it how you want to spend it. And you were just sharing with me briefly before that it kind of comes back around to some things you experienced whenever you were younger. Tell us a little bit about that. I really want to make sure that when I'm spending my time, I'm I'm doing it intentionally, Right. Um, because I think it's 6,500 hours is what you get with your kids, right? And that's from the time they're born to the time they're 18, right? You know, for me, I, I'm very ambitious. I work very hard. I, I own an eight-figure business. I own a seven-figure business. But I've also figured out ways to be productive enough in my life that I don't take... I don't work Fridays, for example. And the reason I don't do that, the reason I do that is because it's very important for me to maximize the amount of time that I have with my kids also. And obviously they're in school and they do everything. But what I try to do with my kids is every month, I try to make sure that I have at least one day where I'm with my son, another day I'm with my daughter. And I think that stuff's really important because you only get so much time with them when they're younger. And as they get older, you know, I mean, like time flies by like that. It's crazy how quick it goes. 
Um, and I think that I'm very cognizant about trying to build my business so that it works with my life so that I'm able to actually spend time with my kids. And, you know, cause the last thing I want to do is turn around and have them be older and then have no relationship with me, with me. And I feel like a lot of times people feel like they need to sacrifice one for the other. And I, I don't think it has to be that way. Yes. Um, I just think you have to be intentional with what you're trying to do. Yes. And I, I think it was after we did that. I did a screen check workshop um, talking about stop, how to stop screen wars. And you gave me some mm -hmm. awesome feedback on that. And one of the things that I love that you pulled out, I'm literally going to read it because I wrote it out because I just loved how you put it. But you said, we only have our kids for 18 years. And I don't know if you know that, but that, but 90% of that time with our kids is before the age of 18, 18 summers, 18 Christmases, 18 spring breaks. Uh, do you want to remember them with your kids on the iPad or do you actually want to make memories together? Isn't that good? You said that. And I was just like, that's, that's, that's so true. It's so good. And so you've, yeah. you've now created a life where you're able to prioritize that. So what does it look like with running these incredible businesses? You said you take off on Fridays. So like, how is it that you find that you like to connect with your kids and spend time with them? It's that good quality time where you build relationship. Yeah. So I think it's all about finding what you have in common. Obviously that, that one of the things that I think a lot of people don't talk about with, especially when you have younger kids is a lot of times it's just it's just boring sometimes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just is. Like, you know, I mean, like I can only watch Peppa Pig for so long and it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just boring. So what I try to do is I always try to find things that I'm excited about and that they're also excited about. And I find that when that happens, then you it's a lot more fun to to spend time. And and it's, I, I used to feel guilty that like, if well, especially when my kids were really young, when like a lot of the stuff like, like, yeah, I want to spend time with them, but it's also, this is just kind of boring. And like the, yes. the, the time is clicking on, you know what I mean? What I've done is I've, I've tried to figure out a lot of different things that are fun that we can do. Now, part of that is having a successful business so I can afford to do a lot of these things, yes. right? And it's funny because it's like the way you design your life, it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? So if I didn't design a successful business that ran without me, we I could never take you know, a day off, like a Friday off where I don't check in at the office. I'm checking with anything. I don't have an office, but you know what I mean? Check in with yeah. my team. Um, and I just take my kids to Disney for the day or, you know, in um, a client of mine actually invited me to, sorry, he's not a client. He's just, he's an, he's an attorney. I know he's a friend of mine. He, my, my son is a huge basketball fan. He loves Golden State Warriors and he loves the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, this attorney has box seats to Ooh. the Lakers. So, my son and I are flying to Los Angeles to watch the Lakers play the Golden State Warriors in Los Angeles. So there's a couple of things here. Had I not built a business that allowed me to do these types of things where I have a business that runs itself, I could never have gotten away to go do that for three or four days. But the second thing is, is it's not cheap just to fly out there and all that stuff. So I also have the, I'm also able to afford to do these things, right? Which is another reason that my business is sustaining this entire lifestyle, right? Um, and I think that that's like, for me, you know, that's one of the reasons that I, I, I strive that that's one of the reasons I push to be so successful is so that I can do all these things so that I can have all these experiences because, um, and actually my, my wife and I have recently kind of made this rule with our kids presence. Like we don't really do presents. We do experiences now I because they don't need any more, they don't need any more toys. They don't need any more crap in their bedrooms, right? They don't need, you know, for a while, like my, my kids, they wanted Ro Roblox gift cards. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you do with Roblox gift? It's fake money so that they can like buy like a fake outfit in this fake game. I'm like, why? No, I'm not spending any more money. 
So that's what we do now is we we pay we buy experiences, you know, because that's the stuff that they'll remember. So like for example, I told you my son is is a huge NBA fan, right? And last year, um, we we have a house in Atlanta also, and we were, we were in Atlanta, and he had never been to an NBA game. So we purchased. So so basically, he's like, all I want for Christmas is I want to go see the Lakers because the Lakers were coming to Atlanta while we were there. So I surprised. I went big, but I got four seats from the court. Uh, so you know, four rows from the court, dead center. You know, LeBron James, it was a, a game where LeBron scored like 40 points or something. Oh, wow. And to this day, my son still talks about how that was the best day of his life. Wow. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's eight and had that many days. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> what's, that, what's that memory worth? I, I think I spent $3,000 on those tickets, you know, but I'm fortunate enough that I'm in the ability that I built a business. I built a life that allows me to be able to do those types of things so that I can create those types of memories with my kids, you know? Yeah. Now, I don't think you have to spend that much money to create all these memories, but it's nice to have the option to be able to do really whatever I want to do and have the freedom to do whatever I want to do. My wife took my daughter to um, New York a couple of weeks ago. Actually, we were in Georgia and my son and I flew home. My wife, my daughter, actually my wife, both my daughters and my mother-in-law flew to New York for four days. And they just went around and went to like Broadway shows and did all that type of stuff, you know? So, and, and that's the stuff that they talk about. They don't talk about, oh yeah, I got that cool toy. You know, they, they talk about, oh yeah, remember we went to New York, remember, we went, you know? So I think that experiences are something that we, that, that are really, that's kind of like my hack for like creating, like kind yeah. of like shaping the childhood that I think my kids should have, I guess, is by doing all these cool things and, and creating all these experiences and everything. I don't remember what your original question was, but that's just kind of where. Yeah, that was so good. I love it so much. And and I have to say, if anybody's listening right now and you don't have the resources to do that, one of the wings, ways that I used to do this was we would have pajama runs is what we would do. And so essentially, you know, I'm telling you at this period of our life, we had, we had barely any money at all. Uh, and so what I would do is I'd put the kids in bed, you know, like eight o'clock or whatever. And then um, after, you know, I don't know, five or 10 minutes, because my kids never fall asleep that fast. I would go in there and I'd be like, everybody up, we're doing a pajama run. And we would go to a local ice cream shop and we would eat ice cream in our pajamas. Of course, they're really small and teenagers wouldn't love that that much, but it was really fun. And they remember that they remember it and they still talk about it. And it's just anything you can come up with that is abnormal. It's out of the ordinary where you're getting quality time together. It, one time yeah. I just got a wild hair and we, I got all the kids ready. And I was like, guys, we're going on an adventure. And I mean, we lived in like a sub suburb, like there was, where are you going to go for an adventure? But we found a spot over behind the subdivision and we went down into the woods and we just walked around and looked at things. And they talked about that for years. Matter of fact, they still remembered. you remember that one place and we had to crawl down this thing and, and that cost me nothing but my time. Right. Yeah. I think that it's, you can do, you can create that quality of memory with tons of money and you can also figure out unique ways to do it without having to have those kind of resources as well. Yeah. And we do a lot of stuff. So those are just some kind of extreme examples. Like we definitely don't spend that much money, but even like just going to the, even like, just like going to the movie theater, like, you know, yeah. I mean, like just anything or like, we have like, there's like local, um, my daughter's really into acting and theater and everything. So there's like local productions here. You can go for like, you know, five bucks. Like it's not expensive to go to, but I think that the, the, the real thing is creating is, is focusing on experiences rather than things. Yeah. For me, that's been really like the the trick to this whole thing in terms of like, you know, forming better relationships and everything is like doing different things that they're going to remember because they don't remember this stuff. Yeah, totally. For any presents I ever got, 
when I was younger, but I, I remember the day that my dad pulled me out of school and took me to a Baltimore Orioles game. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, okay. So let's talk about stuff and kids when they want to earn money for stuff. And you've done some pretty fun things with your kids. Talk to us about what you've uh, done with your kids as far as helping them start businesses. Yeah. So um, my daughter is uh, 11 and she wanted to... Well, actually, okay. So this started... My kids love Roblox. They will clean the entire house for an entire weekend for like $10 with a Roblox, (laughs) which is the fake currency in, in, in Roblox. So... One night when my daughter was at grandma's house, she and she knows that like we trust our kids, like she they know the password to buy everything. And um, so for for some reason, she was at grandma's house and she just it was like hitting the slot machine. And she ended up spending five hundred dollars on Robux. You're going to have to figure out a way to pay this back because, you know, we're not just going to overlook this. Right. So, um, we you know, she was I think she was. She's 11 now. This was like three years ago. So she must have been eight or nine. So we said, okay, so here's what you're going to do. We're going to, you're going to write a children's book and we're going to sell it on Amazon. And that is going to, and then the proceeds are going to go back and that's going to pay us back for all these, all these, all these Robux that you, you spent money on. <laughs> so I started working with her on that. And, uh, you know, obviously she didn't have an iPad for almost a year. Um, my wife was able to, um, call Apple and be like, look, she was nine years old. It wasn't authorized. You guys are going to have to refund this. So they ended up refunding the money. So, but we said, look, you still have, you still have to do this because, so what we ended up deciding is that she's going to write this book. And I I built her a sales funnel for the book and all the proceeds are going to go because she loves cats. She's like the cat whisperer. All the proceeds are going to go to uh, a a cat shelter that's around here and, and basically, you know, help rescue homeless cats or whatever, feed cats. So she did that. She she wrote a children's book. Um, it's actually really, uh, really uh, a cute story. And we, we found another uh, little girl who was like 10 and she illustrated the entire thing. Wow. Which, and actually, you know, it looks like a real book. And then we, uh, we had uh, like 500 copies printed and everything and um, ended up using the sales funnel. And, and we did, I taught her how to make an offer. So we created the audiobook and we created the ebook. And it was like, it was like for, for $20, you get the audiobook, the ebook, the hardcover book, plus Aubrey's going to sign it for you. And like, you know, all this, <laughs> other, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, and we ended up raising a lot of money for a homeless, sh- a homeless uh, shelter or, or cat shelter. And then she wanted to start another business. She created a slime business, which had, do your kids play with slime? Uh, not anymore, but we went through the slime phase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she learned how to make slime and then she wanted to create a slime business. So I helped her with that. I helped her, you know, get the materials and find the recipes and do all that type of stuff. And then, you know, we she created maybe, you know, 25, 30 canisters of slime. And then we went up to the local park and set up a table and she started selling. And I taught her how to do sales. I taught her all that stuff. So wow. I mean, she, she made a decent amount of money doing that too. It's it's actually pretty crazy how much money she made. I think we we're the first time we went to the park, we were there for 30 minutes. She made $190. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> Which is like real money for anybody, let alone yeah. a uh, let alone an 11 year old. Right? Yeah. So she did that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. And like I've never shied away from talking to my kids about money because you know, money's this taboo subject. And I think that it's it's the type of thing where what I want to show them is that by understanding how money works and by understanding how business works and things like that, 
um, you can create a life that allows you to have freedom to do whatever you want rather than, you know, having to work for somebody else. So that's kind of what I've been teaching them. And like when I build my own sales funnels and everything, I'm always showing them like one of the things I really like doing is we'll be sitting there playing games or whatever. And, you know, that Stripe notification comes through. I'm like, hey, look, I just made a hundred bucks and we're just sitting here doing nothing because I have passive income and I've created this thing and I've created something that people want. You know what I mean? You know, it works out really well because they're they're kind of paying attention and they're understanding that when you make certain choices, you can start having a lot of freedom, you know? And for, for me, it's not like, I'm not very materialistic. I don't, I don't have like, I don't drive a, a crazy car or anything like that. Or, I mean, we have a decent house. I wouldn't say it's like a, a mansion or anything like that, but um we take a lot of vacations. We make sure that we, we, you know, we prioritize things like that. And even with my wife and I, we, we make sure that we go on nice vacations and everything because those are the experiences and that's the, yeah. that's the recharge time. And it's like, if you're not enjoying that, then why, why are you doing everything else? You know? Well, and what I love the most about, about that intentionality is that it does create those event horizons in your life. Yeah. If anybody's listening and you've been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard me talk about event horizons, but the whole idea is that our brain will collapse things that are similar. And it's super important for us to um, break things up in our lives with different things. Let's say you read personal development all the time. Well, then break it up and read a fiction book. Let's say you drive this way to work every single day. Well, then, you know, change it, go a different direction. And whenever you can break up the monotony and have an experience, let's say you go, I'm dying to go up north. Like I just, I've never been to like Montana and seen the mountains and the the lakes, you know? So like, say you go up north and you get to take in that and they get to see something they've never seen before. Like that creates a mile marker in your memory and it actually elongates your sense of how long your life is. Whereas right Mm -hmm. now our children are in this, I feel like, you know, we can't, we can't put a blanket statement over everyone, but a lot of kids are just spending all their time with their face in a screen. And there's just not many event horizons that can be had on a screen unless maybe they're playing with friends. And then maybe there might be an event horizon that's created because they accomplished something together. But for the most part, I'm concerned that our children's memories of their life are going to just be collapsed by the brains. Because whenever I was a kid, I grew up playing Nintendo, Sega. I watched tons of movies and I cannot remember one time when I was playing a video game and I had a moment, right? Like different, that was differentiated. I just know I played a ton of the games. I don't mm. remember the time that I beat Super Mario Brothers, right? Like I don't remember any of that. My brain just went, that's not important. And just smushed it together. And so that intentionality you're describing is creating these milestones for their memory to go, Ooh, that was, that was a distinct period of time in my life, which ultimately as we get older and older and older, that creates to a sense of a longer life, a more fulfilled life because we have all these memories. Yeah. And it's not hard to do. I mean, if you don't believe me, just give your kids some bubble wrap, you know, (laughs) you don't have to be expensive. We used to get like, we used to have like all these toys and everything. And then we get a box from Amazon, like, you know, like a big box. And my kids just want to play in the box. And we're like, why do we have all these toys? You know, <laughs> yes. give them a box and a bubble wrap and they're happy. Hey, powerful parents. Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. 
And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair, print them out, have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar and my kids decorated it. And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. Well, and to your point, I think that it's also too about us as adults to remember who we are as the inner child, right? And to be willing to be silly, to be willing to be spontaneous, and to be willing to just do things out of the ordinary. Because sometimes we get stuck in our own rut where we're just doing the same thing over and over again. And the answer is always no to our kids because it disrupts our little rut that we're running around in. And in reality, our children can be a key to unlock Um, our own event horizons, right? Um, Because they want to do crazy stuff, like go out and play in the rain, (laughs) which is huge. I love this. And you, your kids are eight, 11 and 17. So you've got one that is about to go off to college or could go off to college. Uh, How are you guys approaching that? So she's actually going to take a year off. And I think that's because she doesn't know exactly what she wants to do. And I think that most 17 or yeah, most 17, eight year old, 18 year olds have no idea what they want to do. I know I didn't know what I wanted to do until actually I'd already graduated college. Um, when I found out what I didn't want to do, I didn't find out what I wanted to do. Um, and I just think it's so crazy that we've got these college kids that are committing to, you know, hundreds, tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt that you can't write off. They're basically just committing to something that they don't even know what they want to do, you know? So what she's doing is she's going to be doing some internships and just trying to figure out what she wants to do. And I got really lucky because I was going to go to law school after college and I ended up working, I graduated from college and I worked at the U S attorney's office and I worked at a private law firm. And through doing that, I realized that I did not want to be a lawyer, um, which was great because it kind of put me down a different path. It actually started me down the path that I'm at right now, which was being an entrepreneur, being creative, doing all that stuff. But had I not done that, I probably would have gone to law school and I would have, you know, I mean, I took the LSAT and I would have gone to law school and, you know, who knows where I would be. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'd end up being an entrepreneur somewhere, but I don't know if it would have gotten me where I am right now. Right. So I just think that it's like, you know, unless you want to be a, a definitely want to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, I don't even necessarily know that you necessarily need college just because of the fact that for me, and maybe this is like for you, college was basically about learning how to be an adult, not even necessarily about the things that I, that I learned, but like living on my own and all that stuff. But as far as the education goes, like you can, there are so many places online that you can find really, really good information that will teach you how to acquire, they'll, they'll show you skills that you can actually use to make money. Yep. You know, I've taken so many courses after, I mean, even go to like Udemy or something like that. Like if you want to be a photographer, you don't have to have a four-year degree. You can spend literally like $29 on a course and you can get probably, you know, good enough that you could actually start a business and start yeah. being a photographer. You know what I mean? Like there's so much stuff that you can do like that. And um, it's funny, my nephew, or he's not my nephew, he's my, my wife's cousin's son. So I don't know what that would actually be. He was a freshman in college a couple of years ago. And um he was just miserable. He's like, I just want to start my own business. And I was like, well, then why don't you start your drop out and start your own business? Cause you can always go back to college. Right. 
they'll drop out, pause college. You can always go back to college, right? And just start your own business if you want to learn how to start your own business. Because even if you start a business and it fails, you'll learn so much just mm-hmm. by trying to run your own business that that's better than an MBA that you would get in, yeah. in, in business. And odds are you probably will be successful. So he actually ended up buying a food truck and like refurbishing it. And he started an ice cream truck and they just opened their first like physical ice cream shop location like two years later. So he's wow. doing awesome. And yeah, so they have two trucks and they have a physical location now. And it's just because he just decided he just wanted to, he, he, he wanted to be an entrepreneur and didn't want to go to, uh, didn't want to go to college, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> I encourage all that stuff because, you know, I have a degree and fortunately I worked all through college, so I didn't have to, I wasn't in really debt or anything, but you know, that's a, it's a lot of responsibility for an 18 year old to pick what they want to do for the rest of their life when they have literally experienced nothing in life. You know, Totally. And I love that you did the internship and you had that discovery there. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book called the giver. It's usually like reading in school. Yeah. I think uh, like middle school, right? Yeah. And then they, they create a movie based off of it, but in the giver, I always thought it was kind of neat. Now I'm not for a lot of the practices out of the book, obviously, but what they did in this dystopian world, uh, was they had the kids from a young age. They were assessing their mannerisms, their characteristics, starting to put them into these different categories of kind of human. And so if they were super, if they were nurturer, they would have them go work the nursery and work with kids and doing this. And if they had these tendencies like very techie, then they would go and do this. And while I don't necessarily think that anybody can really be put in a box and we change over time, how neat is it though, to, to think about a process in our society where from an early age, we're saying, Hey, look, you can go do an internship over here at this restaurant. See how you like, you know, the restaurant Mm -hmm. life, go check out what it means to be an entrepreneur, check out what it means to be over here and, and having more intentionality around that for our children. I've always desired that for my kids. And we kind of did one kind of version of that for my oldest. Whenever he was um, 13 years old, we started sending him on walkabouts. It was kind of a a different thing. We were just kind of making it up as we go. But essentially we had these incredible people, these friends that we worked with whenever we were missionaries overseas in Thailand. And so just people we would trust with our own lives. They're like family. And so at at one point we would send him over to Thailand to actually have experiences into the Philippines uh, to work in an orphanage and with a friend up in Canada who had his own ministry up there and um, just these incredible kind people. And so he was having these experiences of travel and experiencing different people, different homes and all these things. And he would come back and, you know, we're in constant contact and, you know, talking to the people. And and the whole point was, hey, we love you as a human being. Would you take our son for for a couple of days and just pour into him or for a week and pour into him, um, let him have this experience. And they were so wonderful about it. And he came back um, with a young man that was completely different on every single trip. And so, man, I just, I can't, I, I love internships and that idea. And I just wish we had in our society some form of that for yeah. our kids. I think it would be so cool. It's just important to figure out what you like and what you don't like, you know, I mean, because I mean, every, you know, it's everybody, I think, goes to college because they feel like they should go to college and everybody, you know, you should get a job in this because it's it just seems like a good idea. Right. Yeah. But like there's so many people that are just miserable at what they do. And if they would have taken six months or a year to just kind of try a few different things and see what they like, then I think they would have better lives. Really. I, I wish that like. When I was younger, that's one of the things that I wish is that I was able to, that I wish I would have traveled more 
um, back when I could. It's, you know, it's the old joke where when you're younger, you have the time to travel, but you don't have the money to. Now you have the money to, but you don't have the time to travel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just, I definitely wish that there was more experiences that I would have gotten. And I wish that somebody would have kind of encouraged me not to go straight to college, but to try different things before going to college. That's kind of what I'm doing for my kids or, you know, I'm not going to tell them what to do, but I'm just going to say, Hey, if it was me, I my, my daughter, actually, she had the opportunity to do this um, college or semester at sea, um, where it was basically, it was college, I think, but they, they go around like, is, you're on a boat and you're all through Europe and everything. I was like, that sounds amazing. Like that would be really cool to do, you know, getting experiences and stuff like that and just figuring out, you know, yeah. what you like. I was talking to my 21 year old. I was like, babe, you get to go play. Like, you could go and cause he, he's, he's saved money, you know, he's got plenty of money and it's, it, so he's worked hard. I was like, for all I care, like if it floats your boat, you could go off to Florida and go work in an orchard and pick oranges and just live a vagabond life for a couple of months and see what that's like. Like you, you could go back yeah. to the Philippines. You could like, just go figure it out. Like, what do you want? Cause we can't figure it out for our kids. I mean, we can definitely serve as guides and offer wisdom, but ultimately they have to know what lights them up and what they don't. And how can they know if they haven't had the experiences, you know? Yeah. I had a high school teacher one time who was, he basically, he looked like Jimmy Buffett and he was like, he's like, everybody needs to live on a boat in the keys in the Florida keys for like, you know, a year or two. And we always <laughs> joke, but I actually think he was serious. Like, you know, when you're, you know, when you're young, just, just go have some fun and not, uh, not take everything so seriously, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to do with the, the really ambitious ones, you know, whenever you, yeah. I don't know if you have one, but I, I've got one or two that they're driven, like they want to take over the world in their own, own, own way, you know, you know, just like uh, Russell Brunson, he talks a lot about the, dr- the driven and the drifters. Mm-hmm. And not that it's necessarily a negative thing to be a drifter, but some people are just more happy and fine with finding some sort of rhythm or a system that they can fit into. Whereas others are yeah. like, how do I break out of the system? And I think um, supporting our kids, whichever way they tend to be, as long as it truly is their natural bend is is so important. And, and I think by kind of pushing them out of the nest a little bit to try these things is a good way to figure that out, right? I think as far as the driven and the driven, I think that we tend to enjoy what we're good at. And I think that it's like a lot of times people just haven't done enough things to figure out what they're good at and what mm-hmm. they really enjoy. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've tried these three things. Okay. Well, maybe that's not your thing. And it's like, keep trying thing, thing, thing. And then eventually you find, like, I just think that that's, I, I think that that, I think everybody can be driven in something. You just have to figure out what is it for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that part of that is getting experiences and figuring out what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy and and kind of kind of taking, taking that approach to it. Totally. I agree. I would love uh, for you to share with everyone your thoughts on technology and how you guys are kind of handling that in your home. Because I know a lot of parents who listen to the podcast, you know, they're trying to figure this out. They're trying to understand like, what does this look like for our family? And uh, I know that you've you've put a lot of intentionality. Uh, like you said, uh, before we got started, you said to, to me, you know, this is it's hard. Like, I don't necessarily have it all figured out, but you do have some things figured out. So t- talk to us about what you've got going on. Sure. So I wouldn't say I haven't figured it out, but I have a few things that I've done, I guess. <laughs> so, so I am conflicted because so they spend a lot of time on technology. And a lot of times what's happening is they'll be playing a game, but then they're also like FaceTiming simultaneously with their friends from school. So they are playing with their friends and they are socializing and things like that. Now, where I'm conflicted is that I don't want to just say, no, you can't use computers, you can't do screen time, you can't do anything like that. Because where the world is going. 
you have to be well-versed in technology. There's just no, no possible way to not, not be well-versed in technology and, and be successful in the future, I think. So there's a balance between that, but then also limiting it, putting like healthy boundaries, I guess. Um, so one of the things I'm really trying to do with my kids is I'm trying to teach them skills in addition to just playing games all day. So there's um, this website, it's inventor.io where you can actually buy, like it's it's basically you build a computer and it's it's kind of cool. It's like this 30 day challenge and like they have this whole backstory where like your spaceship crashed and you have to rebuild your computer and everything. And it's really cool. I've gotten my kids, both of them are doing that. And we do that every day. And it's like, you know, teaching them how to actually do coding and teaching them how, teaching them how this stuff actually works rather than just, you know, just basically just, just playing games, you know? So we wow. do stuff like that. But for me, the biggest thing and the biggest balance is like how much is how much screen time is enough screen time because it's I don't want them to be on their their iPads like if I let them just stay on they would be on their iPads from the morning into the evening like they just be all day long just no and and you know what we do is we accept the fact that they are going to be on there and we limit it so first of all they have they 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 have to trade reading for screen time so typically like um, on a Saturday or Sunday. We will say, okay, you guys have you know a couple hours today, but before you can do those hours, you have to read for at least an hour, and then after that, if they use those hours up, then they can get more, but they have to read one to one. So if they want an extra, if they read for thirty minutes, then they can have an extra thirty minutes screen time. They read for an hour, then they can have an extra hour. If they read for three hours, and they get an extra three hours, but they have to read, um, you know, to to. Um, they have to read to be eligible to get more time. So that's the best thing I've come up with. I don't know if it's the best answer, but I feel like at least they're learning something and their their brains are not, you know, constantly being stimulated because I do worry about um, some of the Physical. overstimulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, some of that stuff. And, um, you know, my daughter has very high anxiety and, and I just, yeah, I do wonder if some of that is caused by screens and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if those... Uh, our, our, our causes, but I, I, I feel like it's got to do something. Oh, for sure. Um, and I actually have some experts I've got lined up to come onto the podcast to talk about these things. Um, mm. There are definite links to it. I mean, there's also a lot of other things in our world that cause anxiety. So it's kind of yeah. like, which one is it? But we do know for a fact that screens are impacting our kids in uh, positive ways, but also some serious negative ways. It's kind of like, I really believe that it's as serious as, you know, back in the day, whenever um, doctors would recommend smoking to relax. And Mm -hmm. now we know it causes cancer and it's horrible for you. And we try to encourage everybody not to smoke ever. Um, And and I think that there's going to be a revelation that happens with screens and and how we handle it with our children. And I think we're just barely scratching the surface of of what we're going to see, because really, truly, these generations that are coming up now are the first ones that have screens with the capabilities that the screens have, the accessibility that they have, and the fact that the whole world kind of commercially runs on screens. And so we're going to see a lot of things over the next coming, you know, couple years of, I think, revelations that our whole society will have. And the the experts I have that I'm going to have on um, have already started pulling back the layers. And it, and it's preliminary, you know, well, I, I don't know, some of them have been doing this research for the past, you know, 10 years. It's going to be fascinating for us as a society and for myself as well. And just like, wow, you don't know what you don't know, right? 
And then once you find out, you can do better. But if you don't know, it's definitely hard to do fix something when you don't know something's a problem. And so, but yeah. I, I feel like as a whole, we all know it's a problem, just like you're identifying the quantity of time that is being spent on devices is an issue. So you're you're attacking what can be seen. Like obviously, you don't want your kids sitting morning till night on a screen. Mm-hmm. But there's other aspects of how it impacts. So guys, pay attention because these these upcoming interviews will be hugely impactful. And hopefully, Andy, you'll take a listen too. Um, but I know we're almost at time. So I, I I always wrap up the podcast now with a with a question that I feel like is super important for us to share with each other as parents, because I feel like it's not talked about enough. But uh, that question is, Andy, what does it mean for you to be a good father? Well, I think that... Um... So I think there's the baseline of providing for your family. I think that that's uh, I I do believe that that is part of it. Um, now now there's obviously the conversation of stay-at-home dads if people choose to do that. Um, but I I believe that if 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 that's the role that you're taking, you, you you should be first of all providing for your for your family. But for me, it's it's being present. I think mm. showing up to everything. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of like, like most things in life. I feel like so much of being a good father is really like, like 99% is just showing up, you know, and like making sure that, um, I'm not prioritizing work over time with my kids, making sure that, you know, like my, my daughter played travel soccer, my son plays basketball. My, my daughter does theater. You know, I'm at every game. I'm at every practice. Um, I don't coach anymore because uh, I don't know anything about basketball. But I used to coach. I used to coach soccer. You know, I go to all of her performances. I do all that stuff. You know what I mean? So, I think that for me, it's a, a big part of it is being present because I think that that's what kids want. Is kids want you know kids want um, you to show up and they want to you know they want to see you there and they want to know that you support them so i think that that's a big part of it and then also for me it's letting them make their own mistakes um not pushing them into what they want to do but kind of guiding them i guess yeah you know my 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 daughter play, you know I, I grew up playing soccer so i love the fact that my daughter played soccer but she wasn't as into it as i was so now she does theater she doesn't do soccer anymore so I much prefer soccer to theater, but I'm not going to force her. Like the last thing I'm going to do is force her to play soccer. Cause that's what I want. Cause that's yeah. what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I want her to try that. And then I also want her to try, even when she's playing soccer, I want her to, I encourage her to try other things also so she can figure out what she enjoyed. And I think that the biggest thing is, you know, showing up and, and just being supportive. I think that those are probably the the two main things that I would say are important to be a father. And, and hopefully that's what my kids you know, think about me is that I was always there and uh, that I always supported them with whatever they wanted to do. Andy, that's incredible. I love that. I think that I think that you're spot on. Uh, I know for me personally, as a mother, it's super important uh, to show up and to be there. And um, mm. I, I just I love have I've loved learning about how you're being intentional in your parenting. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know this is going to be a blessing to everybody. And um, I want to make sure that we let everybody know where can they connect with you? Where, where should they go to learn more about you? Uh, so my website is andrewstickle.com and there's a lot of information on there. I, I do marketing for lawyers and I also own a supplement company. So um, it's kind of probably pretty narrow, but if anybody wants to connect, my, my contact information is on there and uh, we can uh, we could trade parenting tips. Awesome. I love it. Thank you, Andy. Thanks. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing, I promise. 
If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.